A Cynic's View of Politics This week I was mailed an extremely cynical view of politics by a friend who insisted on complete anonymity if I were to produce a podcast of it. So thank you to Anonymous Friend and here's the information that he sent me. The author's views vary, but they share the gift of bringing pleasure through their words of wit and wisdom. Many you will recognise as historically well-known. I'll leave further interpretation until you've heard the contributions. The first comes from Thomas Sewell. Politics is the art of making your selfish desires seem like the national interest. Next up, someone we've all heard from, Mark Twain. Suppose you were an idiot, and suppose you were a member of Congress, but I repeat myself. And now too from another well-known political figure, George Orwell. Political language is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable and to give an appearance of solidity to pure wind. In our age, there is no such thing as keeping out of politics. All issues are political issues. And politics itself is a mass of lies, evasions, folly, hatred and schizophrenia. Then another well-known comedian, Groucho Marx. Politics is the art of looking for trouble, finding it everywhere diagnosing it incorrectly and applying the wrong remedies. And from Andy Borovich, author, author, comedian and producer, including the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It would be nice to spend billions on schools and roads, but right now the money is desperately needed for political ads. Boyd Rice is a musical innovator and a kind of intellectual shock jock. He claims political independence has been associated with right-wing movements. Here's what he's got to say. People who consider themselves political, who follow political developments most rigorously, are often those who view the political process with the greatest lack of perspective. Next is Scott Adams, whose name is probably less famous than his creation Dilbert, fictional character, capturing much of the idiocies of industrial age work culture. Continuing to believe the same thing, even in the face of new evidence to the contrary, is the definition of insanity, except in politics where it's called leadership. Our next contributor is Joseph Schumpeter, distinguished economist and financier. The typical citizen drops down to a lower level of mental performance as soon as he enters the political field. He argues and analyses in a way which he would readily recognise as infantile within the sphere of his real interests. He becomes primitive again. Mel Gibson, movie superstar, also known for his controversial political opinions. I am politically incorrect, that's true. Political correctness to me is just intellectual terrorism. I find that really scary, and I won't be intimidated into changing my mind. 
Everyone isn't going to love you all the time. Too true. Brian Kaplan, enemy of what he considers the deep state. In daily life, reality gives us material incentives to restrain our irrationality. But what incentive do we have to think rationally about politics? Our next comment on politics comes from Ambrose Beers, a mischievous satirical journalist now remembered for his ideas collected into his Devil's Dictionary. Politics, a state of interest masquerading as a contest of principles, the conduct of public affairs for private advantage. Michael Oakeshott, political philosopher, whose views find approval mostly from conservatives. Political action involves mental vulgarity, not merely because it entails the occurrence and support of those who are mentally vulgar, but because the simplification of human life implied in even the best of it. And now Nassim Taleb, a contemporary philosopher made famous through his elegant and accessible ideas of highly unpredictable but important events in his best-selling The Black Swan. In politics, we face the choice between warmongering, nation-state-loving, big business agents on one hand, and risk-blind, top-down, epistemic, arrogant big servants of large employers on the other. But we do have a choice. Marion Berry, American politician, mostly famous for his lampooning in The Simpsons. Outside of the killings, Washington has one of the lowest crime rates in the country. Hannah Arendt, distinguished political philosopher, famed for her reporting of the Nazi criminals at the Nuremberg War Trials in her book Eichmann in Jerusalem, with a subtitle which became associated with her literary legacy, The Banality of Evil. Love, by its very nature, is unworldly, and it is for this reason, rather than its rarity, that it is not only apolitical, but antipolitical, perhaps the most powerful of all antipolitical processes. Bill Mollison, Australian eco-pioneer. It's a revolution. But it's the sort of revolution that no one will notice. It might get a little shadier. Buildings might function better. You might have less money to earn because your food is all around you and you don't have any energy costs. Giant amounts of money might be freed up in society so that we can provide for ourselves better. So, it's a revolution. But permaculture is anti-political. There's no room for politicians or administrators or priests, and there are no laws either. The only ethics we obey are care of the earth, care of people, and reinvestment in those ends. And in contrast, George Washington, the George Washington, needs no bio. The great rule of conduct for us in regard to foreign nations is in extending our commercial relations to have with them as little political connection as possible. Tallulah Bankhead, the classic Hollywood superstar and headline-creating sex goddess. If anything, I'm still underestimating her colourful biography. 
I think the Republican Party should be placed in dry dock and have the barnacles scraped off its bottom. And lastly, from PJ O'Rourke, the political satirist. If libertarianism were easy to explain, and it weren't easy to exaggerate the effects of libertarianism, I think it would have been done already. Many, many very intelligent people have applied themselves to crafting an agenda that people could grab hold of. But the problem, of course, is that libertarianism isn't political, it's kind of anti-political. It wants to take a lot of things out of the political arena. That's it. <clears throat> That's the set. Among the wit and wisdom, there's repeatedly found the burden of the cynic. A gloomy despair in the side of human nature reflected in political actions. Or am I being too cynical in that conclusion?